Welcome to the Polaris PT Podcast. Join us as we dive into all aspects of health and wellness, from physical and mental to relationships and spirituality with leading experts and luminaries from a broad spectrum of specializations. I'm your host, Dr. Brig Woods, performance physical therapist and owner of Polaris PT and Wellness. On the podcast today, I have Lauren Taylor. Lauren is a holistic health and feminine alignment coach. With a bachelor's in exercise science and an integrated nutrition certification, Lauren is paving the way for women to build a better connection with themselves and each other through cycle syncing, long-lasting behavior changes, and radical self-acceptance. So, without further ado, please welcome Lauren to the podcast. Lauren, okay, thanks hello. for coming by. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. No, no problem at all. I mean, it's, you know, somebody reaches out on Instagram is like, hey, you want to be on a podcast? It's like, is this a trap or what? Oh, I'm like, why would I say no? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was just looking through stuff and, you know, mutual. It's interesting what what you follow, right? What Instagram puts up in your algorithm. Absolutely. Because it's wild, like, especially when you're talking about something, then something shows up, or if you're looking at somebody else's page, right, all the recommendations that end up coming through. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if you followed me or I followed you or how that ended up, but I think you ended up in my, somehow. Yeah, I think I followed you. Okay. I think I initiated. And then we have, the, and then I have this thing where if people follow me, I'm just like, hey, what's up? I'll reach out. Like, you followed me. Yeah, I love that. How are you? Um, because it doesn't really doesn't really work to have people follow you if you don't know them. Exactly. You have to connect with them on some form. Right. Yeah. So, um, but after looking through some of your stuff, I was super intrigued, especially because we do work with, I mean, I work with a lot of women mm-hmm. and a lot of really active women that have different things going on, whether it's like, they're like, Hey, we've been trying to make body comp changes. I've been working out like a savage and mm-hmm. nothing is changing. I've got like, all my macros seemingly dialed in and I'm getting sleep or this kind of stuff and nothing seems to be working. Right. And there's all these different things that, and so, you know, I obviously have my area of expertise, right? Like I can fix your body on a lot of levels, but there are some other things that I know nothing about. And when I saw particularly holistic health and feminine alignment coach Mm -hmm. and then integrative was it integrative nutrition coach i was like those are three really interesting words that are um a little bit more outside of the realm of what we would necessarily consider normal western hard sciency and had a little bit more of a intuitive spiritual feeling aspect to it yeah so i mean a couple things one i we briefly talked but like How did you end up in Arizona? Okay, so I came here seven years ago to go to grad school for physical therapy. Okay. Um, I actually was supposed to come out here for my last year of my bachelor's. Oh. And I had a pretty gnarly head injury. Had to stay in New York for an extra year. And then I just fell in love when I came out here to set up my internship. So that whole year I was home, I was pining for my move out here and it's the rest is history. So can I ask what, what was your head injury? Yeah, I was actually heavily in the bodybuilding world in college. I was a figure competitor. Really? I was. And, and that's kind of like a start of my journey into the holistic realm. But I was, I just qualified for nationals and I was at the gym working out. Mazel tov. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, 300 pounds fell on my head. 
oh my gosh. Yes. What, so were, were you I were was, you pushing 300 pounds overhead? No. I, it was such a freak accident. I was doing eccentric calf raises on a Smith machine. Oh, jeez. I went to the bathroom. I left my things, like general gym courtesy. My things are at this machine. It's my machine. Or if you use it when I'm gone, totally fine. Just like unload your weight. Came back from the bathroom. Didn't notice more weight was loaded. Went up. I was standing on a box, went up into the top of the calf raise, and then it lawn chaired me down. The safety bars were broken. I tilted my chin to my chest, which is what saved my life, and it ripped my head open and my, a flap of skin. Just, yeah. So it was like super traumatic. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. And, and head injuries, I mean, bleed. Yeah, it was. it was actually terrifying because it really woke me up to... I remember I was laying there and I just felt a bunch of pain and I saw a bunch of blood and then I was in school for, you know, yeah, health P- and wellness and PT. So yeah. I knew like, I was like, elevate my head, elevate my feet. We need to pull all the blood to my heart. Like, and 45 minutes until an ambulance came because everybody Wait. was just videotaping and watching and had the bystander effect. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I'm not kidding you. Like there was, what, what kind of gym was this? This was my college gym. So nobody at the gym there was seemingly no protocol in place for somebody to call 911 no it was really late at night and i think everyone they call it the bystander effect and right. everyone just assumed yeah. someone was called yeah i mean it's that situation right where the woman's being att- att- assaulted in the middle of the street and everybody's watching from their window and nobody calls exactly oh. yeah so i ended up it wasn't as traumatic as we thought i mean i ended up with a bunch of staples and stitches in my head but any neck injury um, I already had my C5 was messed up from, I separated my shoulder back in ninth grade. And so nothing more than just worsening that, gotcha. but, um, I got really lucky and yeah. I was back in the gym four days later. <laughs> no, good for you. That's actually needed, probably, though, that's, that's actually probably better for you. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. this is a thing, right? Movement is medicine, um, but also was the mindset. I knew I had to go back to the place where it happened and I needed to be okay with yeah. it, it to move forward. For but sure. it really woke me up. I was really, like I said, immersed in the bodybuilding world and that is great. And I have so much respect for the self-discipline of everyone in it, but it made me realize that I was putting so much time and energy and so much of myself into something and I let all other aspects of my life go. Sure. And when you think you're about to die, yeah. It's, you know, it changed my life for forever. It changed the trajectory of everything. I bet. Yeah. Well, and this is a question I ask a lot of people. I pretty much ask everybody that I have had a few people in this bodybuilding world mm-hmm. and I know people in this world. And so I got to ask, like, how much, how much of bodybuilding did you, were you able to escape relatively unscathed from the emotional, No. from the emotional body dysmorphia that generally accompanies that? No, and that is what fuels everything that I do. I have been really open about my journey with my eating disorders and my body dysmorphia. And it is something that I had before entered bodybuilding, but bodybuilding has acerbated it. And um, it became my whole life. And so the emotional aspect of that, and even physical, it took me years to heal my hormones, to take care of my body again. And that is a huge reason why I do what I do. Yeah. Um, I'm really passionate about body dysmorphia, about healthy relationships with food and your body. Um, and I have skin in the game literally from 
going through that myself and I will for the rest of my life, but there's ways to heal and, and manage. And it's just something that is not a part of your identity, but it's just, you know, a, a part of your story and it stays with you. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, 100%. Like a lot of my experiences fuel how I treat and fuel how I do mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And so it would make total sense, especially if you were in that world, suffered from a lot of that stuff. Yeah. That, yeah, it would, it would inform how you treat and how you do your practice. Absolutely. And but, I had no idea. Well, that yeah. Go ahead. I just, I had no clue of the mental and emotional aspect of bodybuilding and the relationship with our bodies. And I didn't know until it was too late. And then, you know, for a while it was unspoken. And then more and more people start to talk about it. And I was just very immersed in that world. So taking a step out of it is what I needed to do to get better. For sure. Well, and you begin to identify as your body. Absolutely. Right. Your body is everything. Mm -hmm. And if it's not show ready, there's something, then we, then we attach morality to it and worth to it, right? You're bad. There's something wrong with you. Go fix it. Yeah. And I think that the scarier aspect that I've always felt is that wasn't the first time I attached worth to my body. I had been conditioned into that as a woman since Mm -hmm. I was a young girl. For sure. So it wasn't new to me. It just validated all of the nasty aspects of society or false beliefs in myself and reiterated, yeah, your worth is your body. Yeah. And it was easy to believe for a while. No, for sure. And, and I think we do this as, and it's as I've saw, I think I mentioned earlier, I've got a son who's 16 months old. Okay. And I have realized I've got to be really careful with how I talk about food, about mm-hmm. how we talk about our bodies and things like that. Give me just a, a quick second here. Okay. So yeah, like I was saying, um, sorry about that. We had to, we've got to watch cause I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty hard on, I mean, just, I think what a lot of people don't realize is men are conditioned that way too. Oh yeah. Like we totally it's even are. less spoken about. Right. But, but yeah, there's a lot of self-worth wrapped up in that too. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you, we're just really careful now how we talk about food. We don't talk about good foods and bad foods. We talk about healthy choices versus less healthy choices. Yep. It's so important. Kids are like sponges and they watch. I learned a lot of my behaviors just by observing, Uh not even by things being taught to me in a certain way or reiterated. It was just by watching how the women in my life looked at their bodies or felt in their bodies. And it's a learned behavior. For sure. Well, and, and we do this too, right? Like when we see little kids, oh, they're so cute. They're so, han- look, the handsome little guy, right? Yeah. You're going to be a total lady killer. Like, yeah. you know or, what I mean? Or, oh, you look so pretty. Yeah. Not, oh, you're so smart. Right. You're so kind. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. And I think there needs to be both of those things. Absolutely. Because I think we should take some pride and I think there is a certain level of confidence and pride that comes from putting on a great appearance. Of course. But that shouldn't be the only thing that we derive our worth from. Exactly. Yeah. So you said that, you know, it took a long time for your hormones and things. Now, was that just a direct result of, of the amount of work out, working out that you were doing body fat percent? Like, what did you feel like? How were they, if I can ask, how were they, how were they messed up? Oh, I'm an open book. Well, I want to say this, that, and this is a huge part of integrative medicine and holistic medicine is that it's not just one thing. Everything is connected. Oh, never is just one thing. (laughs) And for me, um, I had to learn that it wasn't just about the physical choices of how much I was working out or how intensely I was dieting. A lot of 
my symptoms were just intensified by the bodybuilding, but they came from childhood trauma and it came from unresolved emotions. It came from trauma living in the body and not talking about my issues. And that is the piece of holistic health that is like, it is mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical, the totality of those aspects. So for me, um, logistically coming out, I had crazy cortisol levels. I had no uh, luteinizing hormone, uh, any of the follicular stimulating hormones. Like I basically was told I'm infertile and I can never have a kid. Oh my gosh. For how bad my hormones were. And I was severely dieting. I mean, I am just naturally a more muscular, curvy woman. I naturally stay between 125 and 130. How tall are you? I'm 5'3". Okay, but but 5'3 and 125, 130 is is not by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I wouldn't have you walk in here and go... That's a big, that's a curvy, that's a big right. curvy woman, right? Like, like I'd just be like, that's a normal, just normal, yeah, it's a very normal, healthy, exactly, active looking woman, yeah. And it's got, it's taken me a long time to believe that, but yeah. when I was competing, oh for sure, I was ninety eight to one hundred and nine pounds. I woke up one morning and I felt like my belly button was touching my spine. So to be that small and Yo. to shrink that much, like yeah. I, I wasn't physically just shrink, shrinking myself. I was shrinking like my personality. There was nothing left and for what? Right. And not to disrespect that sport. I know a lot of people no. are really passionate about it and I try to be careful not to upset anybody. It just wasn't for me. Right. And I know a lot of great people in that sport that are able to maintain a healthy perspective absolutely and, and, and they and they do their dieting and their exercising in a really healthy way and they there are ways to cut weight safely and absolutely quickly. yeah but no so i didn't have the knowledge i didn't hire the right coach i right. didn't have the deep understanding of nutrition even on like a molecular level um you know and i went through that phase where that a lot of people did if it fits your macros oh. every calorie is the same it's like oh my gosh and that's like as a holistic <laughs> health coach now i am like rice crispy treat <clears throat> sweet potato not the same thing no no as somebody who's got has who's really uh who's hashimotos right now is out of control i can tell you not all food is equal no not all calories are the same i mean there's a reason why mine's so nuts right now yeah. Because of, you know, some of the food choices that I made. Yeah. And have made, right? Yeah. And who knew that food and movement could affect hormones? We're never taught how everything is so connected, or at least I wasn't. And I went to school for exercise, physiology, and nutrition, and... No, it's it's only more recently that this is a thing that we're... Yeah. That we're I, and I don't know if people knew it all along, and they just didn't teach it, or... But we are learning more and more, mm-hmm. right? Like... I remember going, and it's been a while, but I remember going to my CrossFit level one cert and them talking about that there's only three or four lifts that actually can stimulate and increase testosterone and growth hormone. Yes. And it's heavy squatting, heavy deadlifting, heavy bench, mm-hmm. and cleans. Yep. Outside of that, like if you're doing bicep curls and stuff, you're not really going to get a, much of a, a growth hormone or testosterone increase. So for men, like if you've got low testosterone, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, one of the best ways that you could try to troubleshoot this and maybe see if, you're, if it really is like hypogonadism yes. or like in my case, I actually have had such severe and repetitive head trauma wow. that I've messed up my pituitary gland. Okay. Right? So like they put me on Clomid, did nothing. 
Wow. I, I, I actually dropped okay. testosterone after that. Yeah. So, but one of the best things you could do, I actually raised mine a little bit by losing weight. Yeah. By losing body fat. And at that point in my life, then I started lifting heavy again and was, you know, deadlifting 500 pounds. Yeah. And my, it didn't go up enough. It went up though about a hundred. Wow. Right. That's from, still I, yeah, really I, impressive. Yeah. Like I, I, I went from 110 to 215, 250. I still, right. was like postmenopausal, right? Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like as far as like I had no testosterone, but, uh, but yeah, movement and diet can heavily affect. Absolutely. That stuff. Yeah. Sorry for the rant. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, it's all connected and, um, yeah, my hormones were really, really messed up. It took a really long time. I had to intentionally put on 25 pounds, which is really scary. For sure. When you are setting a standard for yourself to be 100, 110 and have a rippling six pack, but especially for women, it can be so dangerous. Yeah. Um, what percent I, body fat were you? 6.8%. No, you were not. Yeah. So there you, was nothing so left. So at this point, you had stopped. I mean, you were you were anorexic at this point. I was anorexic. I lost my cycle. I didn't get my cycle back for over two years. Yeah, you were in this uh, with the the right the athletes on holy triad. Yeah, yeah, and I was addicted to staying there. Yeah. How yeah. was how was your bone density? Not great. Okay. Of course, I I literally felt like. If you picture a teacup that has been super glued together and you can see all the cracks, one slight touch, I felt so fragile. Yeah. Just it, fragile physically, emotionally, sure. mentally, like in all the ways. And I was so disconnected from myself, from my body, my identity. Bodybuilding became my identity. Yeah. And for, again, for what that wasn't a passion of mine, I didn't want to get into bodybuilding. I just wanted an excuse yeah. to get as small as possible. Oh, so, and a lot of that just comes from the pressures of, you know, growing up as a girl. And I know men go through it too, but no, just but my own no, experience. It's, it's, it's for sure. I, w- I will tell you this. I'm not trying to know. It's, it is one, I will tell you it's 100% way rougher on women and women are way rougher on each other. Oh yeah. Than we men are, would ever be absolutely on you guys about your looks and bodies yeah we're tough on ourselves but we're also super tough on the woman next to us and the woman next to them we are so competitive we yeah. are so cutthroat and that's where i just decided absolutely not i am not only going to love myself but i'm going to empower other women to love themselves and it was this whole journey of finding myself my body my health what is health what do i define as health yeah um and that's what propelled me into the holistic yeah so space. so you you had this traumatic incident right really put some things in perspective then where did you start like what was the next step to get because i'm sure there was this peaks and valleys and relapses and things yes. and, and what was the but what was the thing that finally put you over the edge asking for help okay i Eating disorders and body dysmorphia is such a private thing. And for me, it was super private. Um, I, a lot of people around me, close to me, knew I had a problem, but everyone was too afraid to talk about it. Yeah. Everyone's afraid to be vulnerable or inspire vulnerability in somebody else. And I finally had a moment of courage where I called my mom and I said, I need help. Yeah. And I got into therapy and I learned so much about myself. I figured out that my eating disorder was a symptom of something deeper. And I just started to look at health and myself so differently. I gave myself a lot more grace. 
I mean, there were, yeah, like you said, lots of relapses, lots of struggles. And this was back in 2014. Um, and it wasn't until the last year to two years that I finally can say I'm in a space of like consistent, continual self-love. It took a really long time, but I think for somebody who enjoys the journey instead of just the destination is the one who's going to stay on track. And that was the biggest thing for me. 100%. That's awesome. Like kudos to you for sticking that out. Cause that is not, that's not easy. It was not. And thank you. <laughs> no. And, and most people like you, and I'm sure you learned about a lot about who you are. Like when you go through that kind of stuff, people either they fight, they flight or they freeze Yeah, and they just give up. Right. Yeah. So like, no, that's not a, and it's, it's not easy. I had a friend in PT school who okay. she was previously, she was a D one track athlete. Wow. She ended up being a bodybuilder. Okay. I mean, like we were doing a biomechanics thing one time and he, uh, he used our biomechanics professor used her as an example, right? Cause he could, you know, you could see everything. Right. And she did this walk and I always thought, you know, it was her just her like strut. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, you got weak glutes. And she goes, no, I don't. Oh, she's like, I was a D one track athlete and a bodybuilder. He's like, yeah, you got weak glutes. She's like, no, I don't. He goes, yeah, you do. Come over here. And in front of everybody, like did a, a glute manual muscle test on her. Oh. Weak as a kitten. Oh gosh. Right. And, and he doesn't know, right. He just thinks he's doing a class, right? Absolutely. And, and obviously the biomechanics were such, she was leaning backward. That's a whole thing. But come to find out as I was looking more and as I got to become better friends with this, with this woman, I remember we had pizza. We were all studying late one night and we ordered a big bunch of pizza. Mm -hmm. She didn't eat. She, she got a slice and she just kind of picked at it. And then I watched her kind of eat more of it. But I always noticed that after we had meals, she disappeared. Yeah. She had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And then I was like, huh. So I started looking, doing some research online. I noticed also she kind of had that like baby peach fuzz on her cheeks. And I was like, oh, that's it. Like that was another thing. And finally, yeah, like it's so hard though. Like people got to be ready to change because I confronted her on it. Yeah. And like came from a place of, hey, I want to help you. Like I can't, but it, it wasn't until she was like, hey, I'm ready to ask for help. Absolutely. And it is so hard because there are moments you don't know anyone else's story, right? I had actually an experience last week, for example, that I went, I'm in a friend's wedding. I'm a bridesmaid. I went to get my dress fitted and it wouldn't zip because my lats, I do CrossFit and my lats are huge. And the woman just, she said, oh, you're a big girl. You have one month to lose weight. (laughs) And I, I was standing in front of the mirror and I just started crying. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, this hurts so much, but that's it. I just acknowledged like this hurt, but yeah. I, it didn't set me off into a relapse. It didn't set me into an obsessive like, oh, now I'm going to go purge right. or I'm going to go starve myself. I just, it just was. Do you turn but, and be like, how many pull-ups can you do, lady? Oh, I wish. Like my, <laughs> I call my alter ego Italian Lauren. Yeah. She did not come out. Oh, okay. Hurt Lauren came out. But what, what I, it pulled out of me, which I like to, I'm really passionate about on my page is you don't know anyone's story. Yeah. Old me, even just two years ago, that would have rocked my world. For sure. That would have spiraled me back into my toxic body dysmorphia, my eating disorders, self-talk you have to be more aware of like someone's story. So I'm thinking about your classmate. Yeah. Worst you know, possible thing that professor could absolutely. have done. Absolutely. He's just trying to teach his craft and talk about biomechanics, but 
you don't know everyone's story and we have to just be more mindful and careful about the language that we use, the points we're trying to make because you never know. Right. And to walk through the world from that empathetic and sympathetic point of view of, wow, like how can I say what I want to say or do what I want to do, but be mindful that they might be battling something in silence. I had a guy or I heard a, a talk actually, it was in church one time and, and the guy said, he goes, consider everybody that you meet assume that they are in that they're like in the worst kind of trouble that they could ever be in their life right that they need massive help he goes and 50 to 75 percent of the time you will be right you will be right like just assume that the person you're talking to needs your help yeah and it's so true because i think if we all did that we would move through the world with more empathy yeah and give people more grace yeah and that's what we need for sure. So yeah, no, it's it's yeah. We've 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 we're in an interesting time and time in the world where nobody we don't see people as people anymore, right? Yeah. It's tribal. You're the other guy. Yeah, I'm gonna destroy you. You're my competition. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not a it's not a place of abundance or safety. So yeah. all right, so you got help. You asked for help. Yeah, you started going on counts and and then talk to me now about this holistic health, integrative coaching, women's alignment. Yes. So it is like, I will try to sum it up because that's over a span of like 10 years. For sure. And I realize that's a super broad question. So you just run with wherever (laughs) you want to run with. Um, It was a journey of uh, learning how to move my body differently, how to nourish my body differently. So I'm going through therapy. I'm realizing physical therapy isn't for me. Um, I actually was involved in a fitness franchise out here in Arizona for a while called The Exercise Coach. Hmm. Um, I went through a lot of growth and I'm a very open book so I'll be very like open with my personal life. I'm I'm super open as well. Okay, because this is a huge part of it. I moved out here with my ex-husband. We were in business together and Mm. everything was going great. And I was just like, something something is not right. I'm ignoring parts of myself. I still don't feel good. I don't feel healthy. I still feel this like pressure to be perfect. And I started getting really sick and I was sick all the time. And so I continued going to therapy and I have a past with, uh, grew up in an environment with a lot of domestic violence and abuse. Mm. And I have um, a past with a, violent relationship myself and so I started going into the realm of helping other women and children who are survivors of that it's a huge passion of mine my That's dream awesome. is to have a nonprofit organization here in Arizona my mom grandmother and I had one back in New York so That's it's awesome. like my thing but then I started seeing these patterns with women how they saw their body how they viewed their health and I started get tapping more into a spiritual side. Um, my marriage with my ex-husband and I didn't work out, obviously. I took a lot of time for myself and I started trying to heal myself emotionally more than physically. And that's when my body started to feel better and better. And I did end up getting um, diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. Oh. I, I have eosinophilic asthma and something called AERD. And it's okay. just a rare lung disease where I get tumors in my sinuses and can't breathe and it's just this this whole ordeal and so I was like okay this is remnants of probably deep-rooted childhood trauma and you know putting my body through hell with bodybuilding I don't want to rely on western medicine and medication I'm going to go heal myself and so I started going to school for integrative nutrition because if someone tells me at a doctor tell me you're never going to heal this yourself and I said that was the best 
thing you ever did. You just lit the biggest fire under my ass. Watch me. Yeah. And so the arrogance of that statement, the one, the one that drives me nuts too is you'll never run again or you should never do X again. I have people all the time that come to me and they're like, yeah, my doctor said I should never run again. I said, do you want to run again? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I literally, let's, let's figure out how to get you to run again. Exactly. And I literally looked at him. I said, this has to be reserve, reverse psychology at this point, right? Like, yeah. that's what you're doing here. No. I think a huge thing is mindset. I think in health, when I was in college versus when I'm now in the holistic field, all we talk about is exercise and what you eat. It is your mindset, too. You hear about cancer patients who stay hopeful, who stay positive, and they survive. And then you hear about people who are really negative about their prognosis and they really struggle with the negativities or they don't have a family unit or support. Prognosis is very different. Our mind can do crazy things. I mean, if you sit here right now and picture a lemon in your hand, yeah. picture it, picture like feel the lemon rind, bring it up to your mouth, your mouth waters. Right. There's not even a lemon in the room. Right. That shows the power of your mind. Well, and there's the, you know, this is a little, Similar vein, like I, I got a buddy who's really into, uh, he's a psychonaut. Okay. Right. But he's like, look, man, like we don't need more cops. He's like, we need more people being positive and putting their energy towards certain things where they, he's like, dude, you can go look it up. There's like been double blind, whatever, where a group of people are exercising their, their, their thought, their energy towards reducing crime in a certain city and area. And over the course of that time, that crime drops right so there is look we are we are more than just physical matter we are spiritual matter there is a lot there and those two are intricately intertwined absolutely we're just energy so i think it's it's hard to explain to people because i'm like okay i have this background with bodybuilding body dysmorphia eating disorders domestic violence i want to help women and they're like okay why don't you have a nonprofit or why are you over here I'm trying to draw in how everything is connected. That health and wellness, your mental health, it is all connected. So for me, holistic health and having control and power over your body by understanding how your body works, by understanding the food you're putting into it, by understanding the thoughts you're putting into it. And moreover, feminine alignment for women, especially understanding your self-talk, understanding the societal pressures and understanding your biochemistry, the female cycle. Um, I just learned about, you know, five years ago to a more in-depth degree about the four phases of the menstrual cycle. And I have been a woman my entire life. <laughs> so this was actually, so I asked, you met her, Angela. Yes. I said, Angela, I said, look through her page, please. And give me something that you want to hear about. Okay. And that you want her to talk about. I go write it down on a sticky note. Four phases of hormonal fluctuations in women is what she wrote down. So is this what we're talking about, right? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, but that's what you're talking about, right? The four phases. The four phases. Yeah. So Angela, this is for you. Okay. So women operate on a 28 day cycle. Right. Men on a 24 hour cycle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You wake up probably, you know, give or take different circumstances, you wake up feeling the same every day hormonally base your baseline. Yeah, you have more to like I, I inject in the morning because testosterone generally supposed to peak in the, mor- in the morning, yes. which would explain like the, your morning erection. Yep. Our, our whole society is carved around the testosterone cycle, sure. the general 40 hour work week, the nine to five. 
everything down to our basic room temperature is determined based on male testosterone levels. We have not even scratched the surface of women's health and women's cycles. So we have four phases. Women have the same rhythm as men with the circadian rhythm with our sleep, and we have the infradian rhythm. We have our menstrual cycle. The infradian rhythm. The infradian rhythm. Real quick, I don't, for those, I, I don't know what the infradian rhythm is. So Tw- Our 28-day cycle, infradian rhythm oh, is Oh, is that just, what that's called? Yeah, so we live with two cycles where men just live with one. So there's a reason why, like, if, if I'm, uh, maybe I've misheard this somewhere. Are you going to bring like, up the moon? Well, but like, but that's like a very feminine energy, right? Like yes, in like, it is. in like, in like folk yeah. wisdom or like native cultures, right? The moon is, a, is, is feminine. Yes. The lunar cycle actually drives a lot of women's cycles. I, I'm sure you've heard that women cycle, uh, they, um, sync up. Yeah. I know a lot of women around each other. I like to tell like my, yeah, I went on a senior trip where with a bunch of girls, <laughs> girls on who were, period. who were best friends. Like there was like 10 of them. It was the, I, I'm not, I, it was one of the worst trips I've ever been on only because like, it was like a pack of, it was not like, a pack, but it was like, we were like, it's like, cool. We're just going to go do dude stuff over here because yeah. we obviously are pissing you guys off and whatever else. And being 17 and being immature, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what I, that's what, that's how we took it. But right. yes, that's my not so funny funny anecdote about like yeah. being in a situation like that because Where women are in sync yeah and and like and yeah it was all right and so i mean teenage girls that's a rough one yeah <laughs> yeah it is well and you know why it's rough is because we are not educated about our bodies yeah. like we aren't told we have four phases yeah we are also not empowered by it we are learned to be ashamed of our periods and sure. men are taught to be afraid of women and they're yeah be grossed out or oh women are crazy and hormonal yeah absolutely not yeah 17 Um, year old me was grossed out (laughs) like let's be real like 17 year old me was grossed out yeah because there was some other stuff that happened right that like 17 year old me was grossed out 40 year old me married with a kid goes my wife goes hey i need you to go to the the store and can you please pick up you know tampons or whatever and this is i need this kind and whatever and i'm like cool yeah. I roll down, grab them. What's up? I'm getting these for my wife. Like, I don't care. Right. Yeah. I set them down and I'm like, what? Yeah. I had a boyfriend once who refused to go get me a tampon. Seriously? Yeah. And I was like, they're obviously not for you. Yeah. Like, like what? But it's, you know. Tell, I, tell them you're a fighter and you're using them to put them up your nose when yeah, you get a you bloody a nose. Bleed. Yeah. Like, dude, if you're really that insecure. But even that, it's just like, how is that not supposed to make me feel ashamed? Right. Yeah. Like, you're gross. Yeah. So, I mean, even going down to, and I could talk about this for days, but just, you know, when we learn about our bodies, the way we're taught by men, oh, testosterone, they're strong. It's amazing. They're powerful. And women, oh, yeah, you're going to bleed out of your vagina for the rest of your life. And uh, good luck. Deuces. And yeah, no, like, my, my wife's, this, my wife is so much stronger than me because like, again, we talked about it. She's throw, she was luckily, thank goodness for modern medicine and, Zof- right. and Zofran because she, Whoa. I know, but she Morning was, sickness. yeah, she was losing weight. Yeah. She was lost three and a half pounds between two, two different, um, ultrasounds. Wow. Two weeks apart. Yeah. So she's throwing up six, seven times a day or dry heaving six, seven times a day. No appetite. Just yeah, feeling just rotten. So Hormones are going crazy, right? So like, no, you, if that was me, I, I, nah, we're not doing you this. You won't stand a chance. We're not, no, we're not doing this. We're not having kids. <laughs> give me, give me the gun. 
Yeah. So I think what I'm trying to do for women is educate them about their biochemistry, but also help shame turn into empowerment because we have been told to suffer in silence. We have been told that PMS is inevitable. We have been told, oh, you have bad cramps, go on birth control. Yeah. My mom had a shirt that said, watch out woman with PMS. Yeah. And it's just this, that's funny, but it's also that narrative yeah, that where we like, don't understand where like women are these crazy beings. No, we're powerful. We go through this awesome transformational life bringing thing. Yeah. Like, but essentially, yeah, just to get back to, we have yeah, four, sorry, so four phases. We, got we have the, four phases. Um, we have the menstrual phase, the follicular phase, the luteal phase. Uh, oh, sorry. I skipped one. The menstrual phase, the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase, and then the luteal phase. Okay. Um, some of them overlap. And of course, not all women have a 28-day cycle because yeah. we have not been taught how to cycle sync or biohack. Yeah. And essentially, when I say that, I just mean that when we are in our menstrual phase, we need to eat and train and do lifestyle differently than women in our follicular phase and moreover for each one. Um, our hormones are in different places, so we need different food. We need different training. Um, if you need to have a tough conversation or you want to ask for a promotion, ovulatory phase is when you do that. That is really? when you're feeling yourself. You have that boss bitch energy when you are at your highest peak of um, physical performance. Sure. If you really need introversion time and you know that inevitably there's going to be some social things coming up, make sure you don't plan it during your luteal phase or your menstrual phase. That's a time for rest and restoring. And it's just living our life with a more, a more female uh, centered paradigm. Um, we haven't learned about that. So right. what I'm trying to do is educate women on, hey, we have these four phases. This is what's happening in each. And this is how you can live in sync yeah. with that. So like what you were talking about, you have you see a plethora of clients and you have women who come in here and they're like, I'm eating perfectly clean, hitting my macros. I'm training like a savage. I'm sleeping. I'm drinking my water and I'm not seeing any changes. Yeah. If you ask them, are you cycle syncing? They'll be like, what the heck is that? And right. probably not. And that's probably the issue. And why are you asking me? Absolutely. Right? Like yeah. this is a weird conversation to have with you. <laughs> so I'm trying to educate women and that's feminine alignment. Yeah. Um, it's okay. not even just the, the a mental and emotional piece of realigning ourselves with our own bodies from the societal pressures and stigmas, but also biochemically um, aligning with our, our cycles. That's so fast. That is, that is fascinating. You've opened up my world here to something totally different that obviously I've never considered because one, while it is a part of my life because I'm married, right? It's not. It's not your reality. It's not my yeah that I got to deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, as a as a CrossFit athlete myself, I before I started living in harmony with my my cycle, I would go hit PRs and I would compete and I would kill it. And then the next time, even if it was just a few days in between, totally tank. My anaerobic or aerobic capacity completely shifted, not having the level of endurance or even just the ability to lift as much weight as I did just days prior. And I would be like, what the hell is wrong with me? Yeah. What is going on? And shaming myself, comparing myself to female counterparts or male counterparts, female counterparts that might be in a different phase than me and male counterparts that aren't even a part of my that hormonal even, spectrum. Yeah, and, and not even like, and it's not, so not even fair it's not even fair so that like, it's like you're gonna comp- like even just from a genetic perspective of yeah like skeletal structure levers biomechanics everything i mean even outside of a hormone like not to mention this m- mass amount of 
testosterone difference and my, you know what yeah, I mean? Like absolutely. So I would just feel ashamed. I wouldn't have any compassion or grace. And then my world just cracked open when I was like, oh my gosh, of course, like this all makes sense. I mean, think about how much it's pushed, how important sleep is, right? Our circadian rhythm. If you don't sleep or if you're out of sync with your sleep for X amount of time, I mean, it even pushes people as far as psychosis. Yeah. We are, it's drilled into our heads how important it is. It is just as important, if not, I would argue more for women to be aware and live in sync and biohack with their separate infradian rhythm, their, sure. their female cycle. Um, and you know, they, this can go in a, a multitude of ways, yeah. but um, it can help uh, prevent infertility. It can help prevent uh, menopause. Um, menopause, really? PMS, they are not inevitable. Not naturally, like, yeah, you, you're going to go. I mean, you're going to hit you're menopause. You're going to hit menopause. But you can delay it. What I'm saying or is. Push it further down the road. Whether it's a time manner or a symptom gotcha. manner. We talk about, if we talk about more so even just PMS, women just believe like doomsday is coming again (laughs) and inevitably that they're going to be in so much pain or have a heavy bleed or whatever their symptoms are and that that it is what it is because that's what we've been told like okay go get a heating pad go get chocolate and you're good and it's like yeah if you knew that you could actually avoid that and that it was not destiny it was not inevitable that you didn't actually have to go through that and that's actually a sign that your body is out of sync and your hormones are not in their proper levels that's what's happening those are red flags we would live life completely differently so my male tactical brain wants a solution right like yes so i go okay so what how do you how do you mitigate that and obviously it's very it's way more complex yeah. way more complex than like we could probably do just a whole a whole three hours yeah, on that absolutely but if, if there's a way to break it down just yeah. to sort of give so like for women who might be listening right yeah a way to sort of give you like just a smaller general breakdown so that hey oh there might okay let me reach out to her later to, to talk more about this absolutely what would you what, what's a sort of yeah general? to put it simply like the best place to start first is educate yourself yeah learn about learn about your four phases and hormonally what's going on i mean i put a lot of information on my page and there's thank god so many more women out there who are doing the same thing and they are not competition we are all in this together it is a collective to like bring awareness yeah. there are so many resources um next would be experimenting with it this is a really great way to there's a lot of um, apps or content on my page that really help you learn how to live in sync with your cycle. So I think the first thing is tracking, education and tracking. Do you know when your day one is? Do you even know when you're in your follicular phase, when you're in your ovulatory phase or your luteal phase? You can't really do anything until you are aware and aligned with your body of when you're in each phase. So start tracking your cycle diligently and start realizing, okay, day one is my period. Uh, Follicular phase starts at day one, the same day and lasts for about 14 days. So when I stop bleeding, I'm in my follicular phase. And that about day 14 for three to five days. I'm now in my ovulatory phase. Ladies, that's when you feel hot as shit. <laughs> like <laughs> that is when you feel good. Your skin is clear. You're confident. You feel a surge of energy, of creativity, of socializing. When you How unfortunate that, that that only lasts three to five days. For it's us. such bullshit. <laughs> like like that's, that's really like that's unfortunate that the, that phase is only three to five days. It is. And you know, it's... I think that we can feel 
that energy throughout our whole cycle once we understand it. I think you can too. You but, know, but like that, but that real just my the, hormones, like I've got on a scientific biochemical yeah. level. Yeah, it's really it is really unfortunate, and it should be utilized, and it should, and that's why we should know it. I mean. Don't even get me started on like how women in in corporate America have to really shrink into the 24 hour cycle that like, you know, when they're on their periods and have zero energy and they feel just like they need a break from the world. They don't always get to take PTO. They have to stay in those meetings. They like it's not catered to them. So, you know those who do have the opportunity to have some flexibility and even if you don't find ways to be flexible if you're planning a huge corporate meeting like be like oh you know what maybe i can plan it during my ovulatory phase right. you know little things like that but i think the first step is really understanding your cycle and knowing yeah. when you're in each That's phase great. so ovulatory phase three to five days and yeah then the and next- then luteal is after that until your next bleed gotcha um they I have a I have a chart. If people go on my page, I will that helps. I'm a visual learner. Yeah, so, pl- seeing, so plug plug your page right now. We're gonna plug it again at the end, and we'll put it in the show notes. But it's what's your page at? Uh, at this underscore is Lauren Taylor. Awesome. Um, and to help because you know a lot of the times like the day one to fourteen is considered follicular, and day fourteen to twenty eight is considered luteal, and menstrual and ovulatory happen to overlap. Gotcha. In those. Um, it can get really complicated and scientific. And I think the best thing is just simplicity for now for women and empowerment of like, hey, if you feel frustrated, if you feel like, you know, surges of energy and then burnout, you don't have to feel that burnout anymore. Right. Um, so that's where I would start. I would just start understanding yeah. where you're at and, and go from there. And then the next step would be, okay, how are you working out during your cycle? Yeah, that was gonna be my next question. For yeah. like, like during those four phases, you know, prioritizing prioritizing rest when you're menstruating for sure um restorative stretching mobility yoga walks um if you do high intensity when you're on your period you are wasting your time and putting yourself through an unnecessary second howl um (laughs) (laughs) it's just if you i like to think those who work out work out with some sort of intentionality you are wasting your your time. You're right. not going to be prone to put on muscle during that time. Okay. If you want to lift so, weights, so for those women, you're not going to lose your gains if you if you prioritize no. active recovery. This is where you're going to capitalize your gains. Go stretch. Go get that mobility in. Go get your steps in. Um, keep yourself, you know, active recovery. This is the time where you get to rest, go and for it's a actually hike. absolutely nature. Yeah. Um, just restorative health and wellness is just as beneficial as gains. Like they're a catalyst to even more gains. Right. Um, And then, you know, you start to, once you're off your period, you can start picking up the pace. You can start getting more into like Pilates and um, moderate exercise and follicular. And then if you really want to do like HIIT and really heavy weight lifting, ovulatory and luteal is where it's at. Gotcha. So if you're, whatever your site's the first. 14 days. 14 to 20 days of your 14-ish days. Yeah, it's the first 14. The first 14, you're going to be more, I think about it, you're marinating. You're priming. Okay. And then the last 14, capitalize on that. Lift those heavy weights. Do that high intensity. Do that super intense CrossFit class for a few days. And then after you've done all of that, then take 
the next 14 days again, rest, recover, restore, and get ready again. And if you think about it, it's like really perfect. We can biohack our way to our wellness goals. We give ourselves permission to rest because it's actually what we bio like biochemically and hormonally need anyways. Right. And for those that are really afraid, because I used to be that person, oh, I don't want to rest. That's terrifying. Yeah. I'm going to lose all my gains or like I'm going to gain weight. No, you're probably going to gain more weight by ignoring hormonally what's happening in and your stressing body. Stressing you out, raising your cortisol. Absolutely. Absolutely. And activating your sympathetic nervous system and putting you in fight or flight. Why are you in fight or flight? There's not a bear chasing you. Right. So it's just really understanding all of those aspects. And again, it's just so different for women than for men. And we have to start to understand that we're, we're not equal. Not at all. We are not no. the same. And, and it's not a and bad thing. And that's okay thing. to say. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad thing. We're, so, like, we're very different. And that's okay. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you're less than me or I'm, you know, or I'm less than you. It just means that we got different bodies that work differently. And if you're going to deny that, then you're denying reality. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's, I really want to empower women. It's time to take up that space to learn about yourself. And, and, we really are so capable of so many things mentally, emotionally, physically, career, like, and we, can you imagine like we're accomplishing all of these things without knowing what cycle syncing is? Imagine if we did, right. like, it's just, it's a tool. If you look at it as a tool that you can go access, that's going to help you. Why would you say no? Sure. It can be scary because it's new or it's not perpetuated or talked about a lot, but there's no, once you try it, there's, there's nothing but benefits. Sure. So. And so then how does, so then with the cycle syncing. Yeah. So we're talking just brief, you know, we, like, hey, this is sort of how you'd want to prioritize your working out. What about diet? Does that change? Yes. Or do you more or less try to keep the same? Nutrition changes as well. We are in different hormonal positions. So, you know, uh, to put it in layman's terms, like around our menstrual phase, we want to be more um, geared towards iron rich okay. foods, yep. clearly, yeah. and hydrating foods because not only learning about what we lose in our blood is really important. We lose a lot of electrolytes yeah. on top of iron. Um, and then we have phases where different sources of protein are better than others, or we have foods that are more estrogen dominant than others or testosterone dominant than others. There's, there's ways to eat that help serve where you're at in your cycle. And each phase can be like a season. Um, menstrual phase is like, you want warm, yeah. you want, it's, it's winter. Follicular is spring. Ovulatory is summer. Uh, gotcha. Luteal is fall. And, and if you think about it in that sense, then it's like, oh, the food choices make sense the movement patterns make sense yeah and it's just you you're going on a journey and it's actually really cool and really neat so yeah nutrition should absolutely change too um and be prioritized in different in different fashions and it seems overwhelming at first because it's like oh wow i need four different shopping lists but if you under <laughs> if you understand you know how long you're in each phase we all probably grocery shop more one or two times a week we meal prep you know if you know ahead of time and you know where you're at in your cycle as you should as a woman because sure. you deserve to it's not that hard go to the store and you have you have a menstrual shopping list a follicular shopping list and you know, down the line. And so it can seem really daunting at first, but when you segment it up and realize it, it doesn't have to be so overwhelming and baby steps, then it's, it's more tangible yeah. and digestible. So, so as you've, as you've, as you've gone into this, 
how is how is Lauren the CrossFitter today versus Lauren the CrossFitter from two, three, four, five years ago? Oh, it breaks my heart to say I've had to do CrossFit a lot less because okay. I just I genuinely love it. I mean, coming from a bodybuilding background where I it just got a little boring for me, and yeah. then going from what my body looks like to wow, what my body can do and doing these cool movements, it was way too high intensity for me. Gotcha. Cortisol way through the roof. Like, yeah. you know, there's an issue when you wake up tired and then you have a surge of energy when you're supposed to be going to bed. Your cortisol is completely off. Oh. <sighs> yeah, that it's, some it's clear for Hashimoto's, <laughs> cortisol and Hashimoto's. I, yeah, because mine is really out of, out of control. And that was actually one of the things that my, my writer's like, dude, he's like, come on, man. Like, it's like, I know you love this stuff, but I need you to like do more walking on a treadmill and lifting heavy as opposed to trying to murder yourself six days a week. Yeah. He, but, but the other thing is I've, I tell people this and they're like, really? So like, I love playing basketball. Yeah. I don't go play basketball anymore because people go play basketball at eight thirty. you know, guys with families, they go play basketball at eight thirty or nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And I go, okay, that's way too late for me. Cause I mm-hmm. get home at 1030. If we play, we play at eight 30 to 10, 10 30, I get home. I'm not sleeping. Yeah. My body is jacked and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they even talk about like, there's so much science out there now and information out there about what time we work out and the types of work we workouts we do at that time for right. cortisol, for adrenaline and for healthy sleep. Um, regarding CrossFit, you know, it's such a huge community. Yeah. And I love that. Um, I, I really like it, you know, hypocritical me. I resisted decreasing my amount of CrossFit for a really long time because of the community aspect. Yeah, it's hard. It's so hard. But more recently, I have, you know, I do it during my ovulatory phase and that's it. Okay. And my body feels so much better. My yeah. sleep has improved. Gotcha. I'm less inflamed. I'm less stressed. Yeah. It really, I think CrossFit is amazing. I think like everything, everything in balance. I think lifting heavy weights all the time and that's all that you do for wellness not good crossfit all the time that's all you do for wellness not good right. only stretching and no time under tension not good so right. everything in balance and i think that's the biggest thing there are some anomalies out there i would see some girls i'm like you do crossfit all the time and you're perfectly yeah. fine you're jacked those are the anomalies and guess what we're it's all, the all games athletes yeah and we're all bio individuals so it's like you know what michelle over there looks great and i'm happy for her me over here i operate differently yeah and it's just it's just that self acceptance of like okay this is what works for me I'm gonna go over here. Sure. I'm a huge nerd and I love like science and I love puzzles so I think of like when something's not working for my body I don't get deterred by it I'm like it's a puzzle it's an equation that I'm gonna go solve and I get to go try all these things and it, as long as you're in tune with yourself it's quite simple why would I go ask someone else what to do we love support I love support but I know my body better than anybody and getting right. in tune with that really helps so. Yeah, the old Lauren in CrossFit was really struggling. Okay. <laughs> really struggling, pain all the time. Yeah. Hormonal imbalances all the time. No no appetite. I mean, I'm burning t- thousands of calories a day and ingesting barely anything. When your ap- appetite is gone, it is time to do something different. Gotcha. Yeah, that shows that you metabolically, your metabolism, something is off and it probably has to do with cortisol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cortisol, it's its a killer. Like, I i remember the first time, gosh, it's probably 10 years ago when I finally, like, 
said to myself, something, something's wrong with yeah. me. I shouldn't, I shouldn't sleep 10 hours and wake up tired. Ugh, yeah. I shouldn't need 600 milligrams of caffeine to get through a day. Right. I yeah, shouldn't, I shouldn't, I was noticing that like little things that happened turned into big things emotionally. Yeah. Right. Like I was like, something is, something is so wrong. And so then I went and got all my blood work done and the doc, I still remember he walked in and he goes, cause we had talked early before the blood work and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I was at the time I was like one of the youngest directors for a big national company, wow. physical therapy company. Okay. I had taken over a failing practice for this company. We were turning it around, managing people. So you were stressed. Had a lot of other stuff going on <laughs> in my life, right? And yeah. and just tons of stuff. And I, I was telling them all like kind of what my schedule was. Like, yeah, I get up at 4.30, I work out, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do right. this, I do this. And then he like got the results and I come back and he's like, dude, I don't know how you even get out of bed in the morning. He's wow. like, if, he's like, if I looked at this, I would think that you would not be functioning. And I was like, I don't know, man, you just, you just do it. Wow. I was like, you just, it's that back to that mindset thing. I was like, yeah. look, you just, this is what you just, I don't have a choice really. Right. I just got to do it. And he's like, yeah, man, like your cortisol through the roof. Yeah. He's like, you, you, your adrenals are shot. He's like, your whole, your testosterone is like down at 110. Oh my gosh. He's like, your thyroid is just like your T3, T4, TSH levels are all bottoming out. Yep. He was just like, your metabolic, everything just looks like garbage. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, we got to do some things differently. That's I a hard really, pill to swallow. I didn't really do a whole lot differently, <laughs> except okay. for take some, take some thyroid, right? Some take some right. levothyroxine, start doing some testosterone, eventually got on some like anastrozole, right? Because okay. I needed to like, my estrogen started going. Like there was one time I remember... After I'd been on testosterone, now granted, this guy put me on way too much. Okay. I was like, he put me at like hyper physiological. Like I was at like 1300, 1400. Wow. And I was getting home from work on my feet all day, right? So I shouldn't have like been, had edema. Yeah, but, you. But I had pitting edema that was lasting for four hours, four to five oh hours. Oh my God. Like I'd take my socks off and I'd have like a line around my leg, like. And I was like, dude, you're a clown. I'm done with you. So I left and and then got off of it. But this new guy, this new provider that I work with, shout out to Vios Men's Health, by the way. They're they're fantastic. Like my provider is all about. He's like, dude, we got to fix your gut with food. Yeah, we got to work on. You might I need some. I was just stuff. gonna ask you about your gut health. Yeah, so that's what he's like. We got to fix your gut with food. We've got. Mm -hmm. That's why he's like, I need you like no inflammatory foods. You're done with gluten. You're done with dairy right now. Yeah. He's like, if it's seed oils, he's like, you are. Olive, avocado, or coconut oil. Yep. That's it. He's like, you are potatoes. He's yep. like, yeah, you're potatoes. You are grass-fed, grass-finished, animal proteins, and you are fruits and vegetables. It's got yep. a label. I don't want you eating it. Yeah. And Stay out of the center of the yeah. stores. Walk the perimeter. Right. And I was talking. I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, dude, okay. I was like, but if... My wife brought home these potato chips the other day that just said, like, I looked at the back. The ingredients said potatoes, olive oil, sea salt. He goes, yeah, that's, but don't eat the whole bag every day. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah, They're but he's like, getting he's like, better with those options. Yeah, he's like, but that's a, but yeah, he's like, but. It I, says potato. Yeah. He's like, it's potato. <laughs> right. It's those three things. It's only three. Okay, fine. Right. right. But he's like, so 
I really appreciate that. Like then they've got me on like vitamin D three K two. They've got me yep. on magnesium L three and eight. He's got me on like other stuff that's supposed to help regulate and calm my nervous system yes. down. Right. Like we're doing that kind of stuff. Magnesium, zinc, helping my sleep, like all kinds of stuff. Right. Rather than just like now. Yes. I still pin testosterone twice a week. Yeah. Right. And I still take a vitamin B12 shot every week. And I still have to use some anastrozole because my estrogen then starts climbing, which is not great. Right. But, you know, I also take DIM to help with some of that. Yeah. Right. So there's so so we're doing things with more more holistic, natural yeah. approach. And, and my thyroid is armor. I take armor, which is more of a bovine thyroid okay. rather than like level thyroxin. Right. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And, and what's interesting is how much. I know now, my wife even has said, Brig, it is not negotiable. You don't get to not take your, 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 your thyroid yeah. because of how, like if I've been off my thyroid, if I haven't been able to get in my prescription, mm-hmm. I'm a wreck. Yeah, like, it's a domino um, like effect. Emotionally, yeah. I'm a wreck. I'm more tired. I am, I like can't, hand, like it's, it's really, and I don't think people realize, we, when we think about hormones, we think about testosterone and estrogen. Yeah, there's, that's it. Oh, it's so much, it, and it goes even neurochemically too. Yes, that's what. So if your hormones, like if your thyroid's out of whack, if you've got other hormone profiles that are goofy, mm-hmm. you're gonna feel like crap. Yeah. And if you're somebody who has felt like crap for a long time, and you are, from all intents and purposes, living a relatively healthy lifestyle, and you still feel like garbage, Something's go get up. your damn hormones looked at. Yeah. And, and looked looked at from a, I would say, naturopathic standpoint because sure. we have ranges that are quote-unquote normal For in sure. Western medicine, and then we have ranges that are optimal. Yep. And it seems like now you have a better balance More of optimal. optimal ranges. And and it's so funny you're talking about this. I made a post about it today oh. with my autoimmune disease because I still have to rely on a biweekly injection yeah. that I take. And it's really, I felt like almost like um, imposter syndrome being in the holistic realm, but yeah. taking an injection. But that's that's the only option I have right now and with a holistic lifestyle until I find a natural cure and and some people feel a lot of shame for being on all these medications and sometimes it's like yeah it is too much or sometimes we're prescribed at levels or medications we should never have sometimes it is a balance of a holistic lifestyle with some western medicine but then we crowd that out over time when you live a holistic lifestyle and you let these things normalize and you utilize because medicine is here for a reason yep. you know if we utilize that then someday you can eventually come off of said medications yeah. it just and some of it i might not come off of the testosterone and, my brain exactly. is look i've had eight concussions Okay. Wow. Yeah. So inevitably, yeah. Living life as a boy with four other brothers and just kind of being grip it and rip it kind of kind of kids, right? (laughs) And like, yeah, I mean, we like a lot of kids. Like, we did stuff like jumped off the roof after watching Mary Poppins with umbrellas. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Just a subtle like Tuesday evening activity. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like I have brothers that like, hey, this might be cool. Let's see if his uh, walker will go down the stairs. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I got pushed out of the top bunk. Like things happen. Right. And I also skateboarded and wakeboarded and did all that kind of stuff. So, right. So I got some concussions there, but like, yeah, my brain doesn't work right. 
yeah. to produce to you know pituitary gland stimulate for that whole cycle of testes and pituitary like that chain is broken now okay do you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and there's no amount of like I'm not gonna probably make that difference. Yeah, exactly. Do you so know what I mean? The, like, yeah. some, like, like I popped my bicep, and I'm sorry, no amount of food was gonna exactly. fix fix my bicep, so yeah. I had to have a surgery. There's a time this and is, place. This is one of those things where, like, cool. So, okay, I'm gonna supplement with actual like testosterone. Exactly. So, okay, no big yeah. deal. No big deal, and it's like that balance of like, okay, if you know you are gonna always be on testosterone fine and you still also live a healthy lifestyle so you don't need to be on a laundry list of other things it's like pretty cool like Ideal. there we go i think a lot of people go go get so hung up on like even the holistic arena of like oh my god you're on medication sometimes like it inevitably yes <laughs> we need to be i i had someone reach out to me like you're a holistic health coach but you take a, a injection yes that is what's keeping me alive yeah Therefore, yes, I will be taking it, but... There's so much sanctimonious virtue signaling sometimes in the health world, right? Like, yeah. I'm better, I'm, you know, it, it's, it's this whole purist yeah. extreme mentality. I'm yes. such, I'm such a better holistic practitioner <laughs> than you because I don't use any, right? Exactly. And I wipe my butt with cotton <laughs> towels that I launder every day. That and have, I wash yeah, my face with avocado. Yeah, like right, like I like. No, we don't have. We don't use toilet paper here. Yeah, we use organically free trade grown cotton towels that were made, you know, locally. Right, and it's and, like and, I fully support you, and that's great. Knock yourself out. Knock I don't yourself choose, out. I don't choose to live in that world. Yeah, and give me, it's give me give me four ply give me four ply <laughs> cotton L paper towels. I want my that. <laughs> Or a really, I want or, my butt to be clean. Yeah, or a, and 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 soft while it's happening, or a yes. really great bidet. Or a really great bidet. Yeah, yeah. I lived in Korea for a couple of years. They oh got they got gosh. they got why it's like mission control. That you know those kind of scare me, but <laughs> <laughs> like I support you. <laughs> when you can when you can set the water temp and pressure and and they whether know where it's at. and whether it goes like side to side versus or you know it's just a whole thing. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Like no, it's 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 wild. It anyway, sounds like it. Yeah, let's yeah, that's that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's just it's all about balance and recognizing it and respecting people are bio individuals. We all come from a different background. We all come from different traumas or different genetics or we're different environments and you know what what matters and what i always lead with with my clients is what matters is what works best for you where you feel the whole and complete and most aligned version of yourself whatever that means like i am here to like walk with you and guide you i'm not here to fix you because there's nothing wrong with you yeah um and i think it's respecting that we're all our own unique individuals we have our own stories we have our own genetic makeup and you know biochemistry and whatever works for us that's what matters and that's where it should begin and end no i'm with so. you no that's fantastic and i think honestly i think this is probably a perfect place to to put a pin in this thing yeah cuz yeah you this is fantastic so where can everybody plug yourself where can everybody find you? On the interwebs, on the yes. socials. So my page is this underscore is Lauren Taylor. Um, and I like to post a lot of fun content. I'm, I'm going to have I actually a, really enjoy your page. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. no, it's actually fun. It's, it's super fun. vulnerable. I have, I like, it took me a while to put myself out there, well, but and I'm I happy. think here's the thing. I think this is, but, but I think that's what makes you probably a great holistic coach, you know, in person. Because 
people know that you care, that you give a crap, that yeah. you've been, and, and you've been there. Yeah. And so uh, you, you can relate. And I think people understand you and who you are and they will choose to work with you because of that. Yeah. So thank you. This underscore is Lauren Taylor. Is Lauren Taylor. So that's on Instagram. Anywhere else are you on like TikTok? YouTube. No, not yet. I mean, I'm starting a podcast. I'm going to have a YouTube oh, cool. and a Patreon. So that'll be all announced on my page. Be on the lookout. Awesome. But yeah. Awesome. And then do you have a website or is it just the page? Just the page for now. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Just the so page. this underscore is Lauren Taylor. Lauren, thank you for coming and making the drive out here. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. 